Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We are your hosts, Ken Seymour and Richard Geiger. How are you, good sir? Doing pretty good. Uh, had a lot of rain this past weekend. Lots of flooding, actually, in the area. Yeah. Uh, so that was an interesting change of pace. Weather's nice otherwise outside. Uh, TV, baseball, hockey, basketball. Those are words. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say it. Words that I don't uh, personally pay too much attention to, at least not anymore. I was a football person at one point, but not too much on the the sports. I was more of a geek. I liked fantasy. I liked uh, science fiction. Science fiction. That would be a great thing to do a top 10 list. Top 10 science fiction movies. What do you think, Richard? Well, we've done a lot of other top 10s. Uh We've done a lot of top tens that revolve around our favorites, and maybe not saying that these are the best top tens, although in our opinions, they're a lot of qualities related to best. So I think that's what we're going to try to do this time around as well, is we recognize there are lots of movies that are amazing sci-fi movies that won't be on this list, and maybe better than the ones that are on the list in a lot of respects, but these are what we think are the best sci-fi movies. Absolutely. This is meant to be kind of a, a discussion starter because, I mean, really, what is science fiction? What do you consider to be a science fiction movie? There's so much that goes into it. I've seen some people include some really interesting choices in their lists of, of science fiction because it does have a science fiction element, even if it focuses more on comedy or it focuses more on uh, romance or, or something to that nature. So there's a very wide net to this. So, you know, what I like is definitely going to be different from what everybody else likes. And that's the greatest thing about this. Um, now, as we go through this top 10, um, Mine, I tried to put in sort of an order of the ones that I like more. Uh, did you do the same, Richard? I created the list of the ones that I liked. And then I put arbitrary numbers next to them to kind of have them be in a 1 to 10 form or fashion. So I, I guess you can say yes, and we can work our way backwards, sprinkle in some honorable mentions when we get into the the right zone, let's call it. Uh, somewhere around the top two or something. Sure. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. So without further ado, we're going to just jump in to our top 10 because this is 20 movies and you know we're going to try not to take too terribly long on each one of them so we don't just last forever and ever, even though I could talk about this truthfully forever. Well, since since we're just jumping in, I want you to cannonball. Cannonball for me, Richard. What's your first choice? Okay, so I've got an interesting one here. Um, I chose Inception for my number, quote, number 10 science fiction movie. Now, a lot of the, the, the I, I will preface, my, preface this by saying a lot of the, the things on my list, for the most part, are pretty mainstream, pretty recent-ish movies. And there's a lot of great movies out there that are older, but... I'm kind of, um, I won't say snob, but when I like to watch things, I think we mentioned this before, like if we watch something and we've been watching things in 4K forever, now I have to watch it in HD, I'm just like, get out of here. But uh, it's kind of like that with the sci-fi. So if you're going to have great science fiction, I think what makes it even better, for the most part, is good special effects, good practical effects good visuals and a lot of those weren't really possible until the you know the more recent years when those things kind of 
came to prevalence. But Inception, anyway, uh, it's just a really Christopher Nolan does a lot of good movies. Yeah, he does. Uh, and this particular one just has a, a neat look to it, a neat feel to it, a confusing story, but not confusing. Yeah. Um, it, it's it is something that I think. If you watch it, you'll enjoy it watching it again because you learn more things as you watch it. And it's completely based around this weird dreams entering your subconscious type of thing. Perfect for sci-fi. Definitely uh, definitely a subject matter that I truly appreciated. And one of the things that I always try and take into account is if you have any sort of scientific knowledge, um, a lot of times these movies and television shows are just going to get stuff wildly wrong. And it's important to just take a step back and sometimes appreciate it for what it is. Cause sometimes it's just uh, to have fun and it can inspire things that happen later. I think inception is a great example of this because the concept is fantastic. If you try and peel the onion too much to, to look at the structure of some of it, it, it really doesn't make any sense at all. But that's not what you're supposed to be focusing on. They're just creating the environment for the things to occur to give you those visuals that are just phenomenal. The way the way that they were able to do some of the camera work and like you were talking about the practical effects, some of the, the room turning and things that happened, it, it was exceptionally well planned and staged. So it really comes across as slick. And when you complement that with a fantastic cast and some some really excellent filters on the camera. I mean, you, you can feel you can feel because when you change from dream to dream, that that not it's not just the environment that's changing; it's the color palette and the way that everything is coming through. It's a really nice change of pace. I mean, the, the maybe the the fantasy equivalent that I would give to the changes from point A to point B is if you ever watch the movie Hero, uh, when they go from story to story, the entire color palette shifts. And it's, it's a similar similar process with this. And I really enjoyed it. Now, he did uh, Tenet. Yes. Have you seen Tenet? No. But since it's uh, a time travel thing, I have already seen it. <laughs> and then now you're now reliving? I'm unseeing it as it's happening? <laughs> no, it'd be you walking in the door, seeing us, talking about us doing it, and then 10 minutes later going back. Anyway. <laughs> Inception's better, but... It still has tenant has that vibe, same director, that type of thing. So kind of makes sense. So in fact, that your choice ends up on my list at one point too. So you know we've already had overlap. You know, there's hundreds of science fiction movies. What are the odds that two people that are friends and kind of have similar tastes would have movies that overlap on the list? Unbelievable. We've done that with some songs and a few other things. Although some of our lists have been completely just. Right. opposites but i expected some of that on this well i i don't know if we're gonna have too much overlap on this i have i have a funny feeling i know basically where your list is going and i think mine's going in a mostly different direction well let's start with my number 10 um i i am a big fan of on top of loving science fiction i love tear jerkers so my number 10 is ai artificial intelligence um it's a Steven Spielberg film, which there's no way you're going to have a top 10 sci-fi list and not have Spielberg somewhere on it. Um, this 
particular film delves into a lot of um, it's based in that science area, but its heart is uh, about existence and what it means to have a soul and how you interact with those around you. It's just, it is so well done and elicits so much emotion. Um, I mean, back in the day, Haley Joel Osment, if you wanted to cry, he was going to be in the film and probably make you cry at some point. And Jude Law, I mean, that's really all you need to say because he's pretty solid in most everything he does. Yeah, you're not kidding. Um, I, some of the effects and some of the concepts were just so much fun. And while a lot of science fiction um, delves into areas that are just either ridiculous or at the moment not something we can realistically expect or imagine, you know, going back to what we were just talking about with Inception, jumping into somebody else's dreams, not real realistic, but artificial intelligence, we've been talking about this for a while as a society and what it means and what what is that that cusp of where you go from being just a set of algorithms to actually having self-awareness and and how how would we treat something like that within our society how how would we interact it's just yeah i remember watching this movie when it came out in the theater and my ex- expectation going into it was like oh this will be pretty good and then watching it was like it was okay <laughs> so but i think there's a reoccurring theme with this for me with steven spielberg movies um you know, a big one that shows up on a lot of lists is E.T. Maybe it'll be on mine. Maybe it'll be on yours. But that one was from, you know, a, a long time ago. And I think that's where he kind of, amongst other things, kind of gained his popularity. Another sci-fi type of movie. But, right. um, y- you know, he's just done a lot and a lot of minority report. So there's a lot of interesting movies that he has. But I always come out feeling just, just underwhelmed for some reason when it comes to this but i it's not like i dislike ai it's just something that never if it's on tv it's i'm just like something it's i skip over it type of thing well and if you're not really into uh, a touchy-feely sort of uh um, a movie that explores philosophy (laughs) then when you go into this film, you're thinking, oh, it's Spielberg. So there's going to be spaceships. And there might be some explosions. Uh, that's going to be some really neat. Uh, yeah, you you would be uh, sideswiped on this one. I mean, there, yeah, sure, there's robots, but that's about it. Yeah, and, and they gave that, when you watch the trailers on it, I feel like you kind of get, you know that when you go into the movie. But it, you're right, it does dig a little deeper than what it looks like on the surface. So now we've broken in to the sci-fi range coming in at number nine for mr richard geiger is well i'm i'm cheating a bit but i'm not i'm not cheating this is science fiction he's cheating uh, i i chose guardians of the galaxy the original one <laughs> because if you look at a lot of some of the other presentations for the marvel characters marvel devices a lot of those are more fantasy driven in a certain sense you know, Iron Man, that could be science fiction because right. it's all science-based. Well, comic science-based. Right. But this one, you get the 
outer space. You get the different creatures. You get the different characters. You get the 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 different planets. The you, I mean, it's a little bit of everything that you kind of think about when you think about a science fiction movie. Now, let alone the fact that it's a, a comic book movie as well, and it's one of the more recent ones, and it is obviously very favorably reviewed. I feel like I'm cheating, but really I'm not, because if you just watch this movie, it's a great standalone movie, and it fits all the the, the typical science fiction elements that you think of when you think of a science fiction movie. I just assumed you were going to be cheating. Uh, no, I don't think that's cheating at all. In fact, you did it again. It's another one that's on my list as well. Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it when that happens. Uh, so, no, it's you've got spaceships. You've got laser fights. You've got weird creatures. You've got powers. You've got witty back-and-forth conversation. You've got a fairly well-thought-out plot. I mean, I'm... You can never get rid of all plot holes. This movie is no exception, but it's pretty tight. I mean, really. Uh, there's no, nothing that, for me, was uh, a reality breaker that would just yank me out of the film, which is usually a, a problem I have. Uh, but, man, I mean, uh, we were talking about this the other day. I mean, having Batista in as Drax the Destroyer, I would have never thought about that casting. But he nailed it. Every one of the people that they got to come in on these parts just did a stunning job. It's clear that the director knows what he's doing. I mean, obviously, they keep wanting him to come back to do stuff. Uh, the entire cast and crew just on every note. The cinematography is fantastic. The storyboarding is clearly well thought out and everything flows well. The The music, I mean, the soundtrack is just stunningly good. So yeah, as far as science fiction goes, this is great. And even from a comic book standpoint, when, and I'm no, we, I've discussed this before, I'm no comic book purist or expert by any st stretch of the imagination, but these aren't a set of characters that you want in your forefront Usually, like this is th these are the non like when you think of the the big heavy hitters, right? Like your Spider-Man's and your Thor's and all the traditional Avengers folks. This is a good set of people, but it's not. No, it's not the 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 first uh, first call that you make when there's an emergency. But it was a great way to get the universe into someplace other than Earth and Asgard. And right. I think it fit the bill. Definitely so. Definitely so. Well, okay. Let's let's see if I can choose uh, another that you will not choose. We're, we're going to try and get some differences here. Um, I'm going to go with a film that, again, it's science fiction in the way that it's put together, but it is not one that uh, a lot of people think of for the purposes of, of science uh, fiction movies. Uh, that's going to be 1997 Contact. Um I absolutely love this film. I've been a big fan of Jodie Foster for a long time, and it's Robert Zemeckis in the director role, and he always does great. Um, the whole, again, the whole set of concepts that is considered in this, the interplay of interpersonal relationships between people that make connections throughout their life, the companies and the governments that want to play such a heavy role into everything, what is reality? What, what is belief and faith? 
and how does it play against the concept of science and logic and understanding it's just it's just fantastic yeah i it's been a while since i've seen this movie and it has such a a build up and a body to it of thought and possibility and once again i'll go back to what you mentioned like jodie foster the the whole cast is just people that are super awesome i I guess i think yeah um when when you look at the cast or or the list of people in tom scarrett's like (laughs) way way down the list like okay well everybody else above it must be pretty solid so i like i said it's been a while but yes this one is a great non-traditional science fiction movie because it's a lot of thought and conversation and stuff based around uh, a science concept and idea yeah and it's a you'll you'll just see people in it that you know you talked about tom scarrett but this is a sci-fi film with matthew mcconaughey in it which at the time uh, that didn't happen i mean it was rom-com all the way down not only were are are we going to put matthew mcconaughey in this film we're going to make him a priest (laughs) fitting yeah it's uh it was there. There was a lot of little fun things. James Wood is a very unlikable character. Plays a, a very unlikable character in this, and you know William um, William Fickner. I hope that's right because uh, he's awesome in everything that he does. Uh, I've always liked his work. Angela Bassett has a role in this. I mean, again, so it's just got this really excellent cast, and and uh, the storyline is so good. They do a really excellent job. You know, a lot of movies like to have swerves in them. And most of the time, you can feel the swerve coming, even if you don't know what that swerve is. But I felt they did a great job in the presentation where they kind of hid that swerve just a little bit for this. And I just, it, it was great. I enjoyed it. Are we on to number eight? I do believe so. Okay. I have a pretty easy one here. Uh, for number eight, I chose The Matrix. Stop it. <laughs> Maybe you should go first. Play. Wouldn't matter because he must matter. be higher on the list. A little higher on my list. Okay, so if you grew up in the time frame that movies were, like movies have always been a big thing, but you know, for us, movies were the thing. Right. You didn't have a phone to play around on stuff. You couldn't just pull up something on a streaming service and watch endless amounts of created content. So going to a movie was a big deal. Now, this particular movie, um, when it came out, had had the fanfare, had the interest, had the it, it, it had the look, but it didn't have that drive, I don't feel like. So this wasn't the one that that had the billion dollar with the B box office. Like it was one of those movies where people thought it looked good, but the weren't sure about it because like, Hey, these people are flying around and dodging bullets. Oh, that's going to be a great movie. Right. But this is the movie that kind of changed how people thought about movies and made movies. Yeah. Sequels for this movie. It's a different ball game, right? I enjoyed them. But this one really changed the game. It changed the process of things. And it's science fiction at its peak, 
at one of the best things that you can you can do, and it's got Keanu Reeves in it. In right. you know this is this is in the '90s, right? '99, if I'm not mistaken. No, uh, that sounds right to me. And you know, I guess our age age group we think of Keanu Reeves as the Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted, Keanu Reeves, and he did maybe. The romantic, the one with the clouds. Uh, I don't know what the name. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. But this isn't. This isn't. I think what you picture him as being, him in, and now everybody thinks of him as the like the the Matrix is Keanu oh, yeah. Reeves. Um, this is what also introduced us really to Hugo Weaving too. I mean, he'd been in a lot of other things, but this is what really yeah brought him to the forefront. Brought him to the forefront, and just the whole, the whole cast is ridiculous the story is something that's fresh and original and sort of sort of but how it was presented i mean was fresh and original it's just had a completely different look in an age where things had a look and this was not it so it changed it just changed the game well when i say sort of it's kind of interesting there was another science fiction film that came out near this time called dark city that had a very very similar plot to it and um actually i think did better in the box office if i'm remembering correctly i could be wrong on that though um but yeah this this film is just fantastic again it's got everything you want it introduced bullet time to every director and dreaming director so that that is all we saw for the next five to ten years in films but it's it's a really fun idea for a story again if you don't think too deeply about the setup for it because yes there are some fairly large holes in the logic putting this together but if you can if you can sidestep that little bit of issue the story that they put on is just great and it's not just good story there's some excellent character development which you don't always or not character development but character growth i should say which you don't always get in a, a two-hour film um, and again deals with philosophy and one of my favorite things about this movie series uh, as it's talking about the concept of uh, determinism and free will um, that depending upon who you talk to that watch the film they will think that the the answer that is given in the film is different. So some people think that the that the film affirms the the concept of free will. Some say that no, it actually absolutely through what it shows proves that there is not free will. So it's it's really kind of a fun conversation piece if you like to debate that sort of a thing. Um, but uh, yeah, there's there was just so much fun to this bit. There's a couple of just iconic fight scenes. Uh, the the dialogue is solid. Yeah, all around great film. And I think a lot of people recognize even some of the little little snippets, like Mr. Anderson. Like <laughs> that's I, I I think even today, if you just say those words, but in that kind of direct, deep voice, yeah, everybody knows what you're talking about. I would imagine. Maybe I would I'm, hope so. Maybe I'm just overwrite, but. More people will pay attention to it now because there is a fourth Matrix coming out later this year, towards the end of the year. So maybe that'll introduce a whole new set of people to the original movies. And if you're young and you've never seen them, I get it. And when you watch this, you may not think it's 
as wow as some of the current ones are. But shoot, this was done over 20 years ago. So you right. have to, you have to put it in perspective. Yeah, I think it still holds up. I mean, a lot of times one of the biggest problems you have with science fiction is as technology progresses, what is presented as amazing may not be amazing anymore. Um, but because of the type of story that this is, it's really, for the most part, pretty future-proof. As long as you don't look at the type of phones that they use. <laughs> Man, at the time, those were those were cool ones when no one no one had phones, right? And the ones that you take, he drops it out of the out of the little envelope onto the table, and the thing pops out of the bottom, Just slides down. I'm like whoa, that was so good. Uh, yeah, memories. Now when phones do just about everything for us, uh, it's a little bit different. All right, so my number eight uh, going up is Inception. So we can go on to your number seven. <laughs> what can you tell us about number seven? The Inception movie. Okay, good. Yeah. Number six. Hopefully it's another one that's... No, it's a, you're number seven, right? Yes. Number seven. Too many numbers. You said seven, and then I said Inception, I and I got confused. Okay, number seven. <laughs> so I'll group them together, but I got to pick one. I have a funny feeling I know where you're going on this one. So, number seven, I have two, because there's a lot of them, two of the Terminator movies. And one is better than two because of when it came out and the fact that it was a almost like a horror, in a sense. Oh, right? yeah. Like a Definitely. horror, thriller, sci-fi. And that's a hard concept to put together, I feel like. Two is better because of the scope, because of the effects, the effects, because of the look and the feel. So it's hard for me to really say in terms of sci-fi that one is more amazing or better than the other because they're, although they're related, they're two separate films. So I, honestly, I'll just stick with because a lot of uh, other movies on my list are kind of from a similar time frame. I'll just stick with the Terminator. So the first one in the series. And of course, in this one, there are some aged effects. A little bit. And you'll get that from a movie from the 80s like this. And there's others on the list that will represent that similar thing, too. But when he's looking in the mirror, for example, and he's got to cut his flesh off into the sink like it's real cheesy okay but that that movie is from 30 years ago almost 40 years so but the practical effects of the actual terminator itself and explosions are on point and i and the concept of this movie being like that horror movie as a sci-fi movie, I just think is a really cool combination. I'm not a horror thriller person. I really am not at all. But I just, I don't know. It's it's pretty solid. And it's got a, a little kind of hidden cameo right at the, when the Arnold's character comes in. What, when he's talking to uh, somebody that very much wants to call him a butthead and uh, uh, convince him that... Uh, he should give him all his money so he doesn't tell mom and dad that uh, he's having a party in the house uh, and bringing girls. Wait, that's a different movie. Mm, yes. Same actor, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you're talking about Bill Paxton? Bill Paxton, yes, yes indeed. Of course. Uh, yeah, I love that that little little bit at the beginning. I miss Bill Paxton. He is, he is a man. He is the man. 
still is. All right, so you gave your number a seven. Um, I'm going to go to a movie that I've talked about before uh, multiple times because it is clearly one of my favorites when I've seen it over a hundred times, um, and that is The Fifth Element. Um, it is a, a movie that not everybody can agree on in terms of the quality of it because some people would consider it to be a B movie, and in some respects it kind of is. But it's just straight up action and fun. And if you're going to basically combine uh, Bruce Willis at basically the time of his heyday, when he's just, he is knocking out of the park pretty much anything he's in, and you're going to put Gary Oldman in a really really kind of silly villain role and bring in uh, a fresh Mila Jovovich who just was funny and could pull off the action. I mean, man, this had so much style and so much so much quotable bits in it. I still have t-shirts and memes. You'll constantly see this stuff, you know, many, many, many years after it was made. It's another of those in the late 90s. It's over 20 years old. And it still holds up just in terms of the effects and everything that's done. The demonstration scene for the for the gun alone uh, when he's when he's giving the, ter- the terrorists a gun and explaining how it works and what it does. And, oh, it's, it's so good. And, you know, of course, Chris Tucker is just crazy. Yeah, so I, I absolutely knew this would be on your list. I, I Honestly, I thought it would be higher. Um, and this is, if we had a top 20, this is in the top 20 for me because this movie is really, really fun. It's a really great mix of practical effects and special effects. Um, it's just, I don't know. If people think this is a B movie, I, I don't, I want to know what people's opinion of a B movie is because right. this is just, it is cheesy. But that's okay. Like the movie is really good, and and if if you haven't seen this movie, I think it's worth a watch because it pops up all over the place on different platforms. It's definitely worth a watch, and don't get the don't get like presented by Sci Fi Channel or FFX <laughs> FXX whatever. Like watch, <laughs> no no commercials. Watch the actual real version of it. it it's only a PG thirteen movie, so you're you're not going to get things cut out, but you know what, if you're going to watch the movie, don't get the edited version of the movie. Watch the whole actual version of the movie. This one's good. I mean, really, they do sneak a couple very brief bits of nudity into it, but it's a blink and you miss it sort of a thing. So if that's an issue for you, it really shouldn't be in this film. And the violence that's there and the gore that's there is not, it's very stylized. So it's it's not uh, like watching a World War II film where they're trying to get everything you know perfectly right. It's 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 not something that will bother most people. And the dialogue is just so good. I mean, you've got everything you need. You've got you got Ian Holm in a, in a major role. I mean, if you're a fan of the Lord of the Rings, you know who that is. And uh, like that's the only other thing he's ever done. But that's you know what a lot of people think of him from Brian James. I mean. Jeez. I was like, give a shout out to Brian James. That dude's in everything. He's he awesome. Is. Uh, just especially in that time frame from like the early 80s to the late 90s. You could not, you would see him in, that's a commercial. He was just in the show that I was watching. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Number six. 
number six six okay the okay this is a very good one and now that i look at it most of mine are from 80s and 90s i thought well that's still more recent because there's a lot of good ones on the list from like the 50s 60s 70s anyway i've got the original jurassic park on the list i was wondering if that'd make it for you the the thrilling ending where they're getting chased by the tyrannosaurus rex like that's okay that's cool but for the first time and and this goes back to spielberg right so it's not like this one was one that was disappointing i was mentioning more of the more recent ones because he does a lot of good movies and when you see this movie and having the idea based in honestly in reality that you could take DNA and reproduce a creature and then there is the creature but to have an actual presentation of what people thought at least at the time the dinosaurs would look like and act like and have them be in a scale compared to vehicles and all the other stuff and then of course it's going to go wrong just the whole back and forth between it is something that when I feel like when you watch the movie and in the, the characters they present to you, like they're awestruck by it. I think as an audience member, uh, if especially if you're a young one, you're kind of feeling the same thing when you see this movie for the first time. Yeah. I mean, to, to put it to point, I mean, you go to Universal, they still have uh, a Jurassic Park section of the park because it still persists as something that's really interesting to people. And this cast is also fantastic. Sam Neill is generally pretty awesome in anything, and I am such a huge uh, Jeff Goldblum fan. It's not funny. Um, I, that's one dude I, I very much want to meet because I, I hope he acts in person the same way <laughs> that I see him in so many other things because he just seems so interesting at, at that point. You even get a little snippet of a little Samuel L. in this film too. And he's working in the computer lab. So, right. Yes. Because uh, he's everywhere. Right. Lab coat. And, I mean, even if you look at some of the people down the list on this. So the one thing that's really funny is that Richard Attenborough is on here. Like, he's the voice. Like, if you watch the BBC America things right now, he's the voice of all of those things. Right. Like, where they go to different sections of the planet and they show you just inter interesting little animals or creatures or how they interact it's him that's doing the voice on all those and then you got uh wayne knight yep just sneaking it sneaking in there with a very integral part in this one too legendary so good cast good movie yeah too much fun too much fun um now we go up to the number six on my list um most people would think that with the way that we talk and we debate and the things that we've talked about, especially when we're talking about uh, science fiction, how can you have a science fiction top 10 without either Star Wars or Star Trek making an appearance somewhere on there? And to those people, I say you're absolutely right. I have to have at least one of those on here. For me, um, I'm not going to put in one, one of the movies that a lot of people would expect because, again, it's the ones that are my favorite, not necessarily the ones that had the biggest impact. So um, I'm going to go with First Contact, uh, Star Trek. Now we're getting somewhere because that one is also on my list. Uh, recently, I've been revisiting the 
the the Star Trek world on Netflix because well, they're all there. You, you can you can watch every bit of every episode on there. And I was like, I got to watch Next Generation. And when I was younger and I was growing up in the Star Trek world, first generation, uh, Next Generation was the the one that I watched, and I watched all the movies from the original cast, of course. But then I watched all the Next Generation ones too. And this this one is just a completely different presentation, completely different right. world, and by far my favorite of the bunch, for sure. The, it kind of has a really nice balance of a lot of different things. It's got great action. It's got good buildup and suspense. It's got a really fun story uh, that involves time travel, which can sometimes be a little bit of a, a sticky wicket, uh, but I think they handle it very well. Um, and, of course, you have not only the entire original cast, but... You've got Neil McDonough in it, who I absolutely love uh, in anything that he's ever in. And James Cromwell makes an appearance in this film. I mean, dude's a legend. Um, and then you got, you know, Jonathan Frakes, who was in the original cast, also directed the film. So he's, uh, I would never have expected that. You know, the kid that I was watching, Next Generation, it's like, oh, uh, Riker is eventually going to become an awesome director. <laughs> How's that? So when we were little side note with this, we were watching when I've I've had Next Generation on TV. It'll have the the little square that's the hey this is the episode that you're on, and sometimes that little square is just the 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 characters. There's four different characters, and it's the Patrick Stewart, Jonathan Frakes, Brent Spiner, Lavar Burton little thing and my son's like which one's your favorite and i was like oh that's easy it's Riker." and he's like well which one's that i'm like that's like that guy right there he definitely my favorite and the fact that he has directed so many things um including some discussions that we've had recently for some tv episodes um yeah so he's he's definitely one of my favorite characters in this world for sure and the one thing that I always get that I quote from this movie all the time, and no one seems to get it because it's kind of vague. It's just assimilate <laughs> this. <laughs> it's so it's even the scene itself when he just ties the, the two around his leg. It's so funny, but it's just the best little one liner that I can ever remember from one of those movies. It's eighties action movie all over. I mean, it's just what it is. And, they managed to pull in uh, Dwight Schultz into this too, who has one of my favorite characters in Star Trek because he manages to make appearances in multiple different Star Trek shows and to have him in the film too uh, as L uh, Lieutenant Barkley, uh, who in the uh, next generation is sometimes known as New uh, Lieutenant Broccoli. <laughs> but uh, uh, Dwight Schultz is just awesome. Uh, you know, like I said, everybody did just such a fantastic job in this film and it's just a lot of fun um so if you haven't seen if you're going to watch only one star trek movie yeah this is kind of it really it's i think it's the best of the bunch including the 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 more recent reboot um so yeah now i will say this suspense is really important and this film develops it extraordinarily well and the way that I would like to illuminate that suspense is by making you wait for our number five, 
while we tell you just a little bit about some of our fantastic online presence. Don't forget, Pudding People, to catch us on all of our social media to keep up to date with what's going on in the world of pudding. Where are you most active, Richard? Well, you could see some of my activity on our Instagram account. Would that happen to be at Pudding Guys? That one would, yes. Amazing. You know what? That is also our Facebook. So you can about once a month <laughs> see if, see if you're lucky. Something. If you're lucky, we'll post something on Facebook. We're probably most, most on Twitter at Real Pudding Guys. But of course, you can catch us on Patreon as Pudding Guys. That's right. Where for just $1 a day, you can support us as we bring you new interviews, new material, new stuff to make our interviews and material look better. It's just fantastic for only a dollar a month. Hey, Paul a dollar's not a lot. No, it's, not really. It really isn't. That's actually $12 over the course of a year. Right. Small change to help the pudding guys keep going. And we love our supporters. Now, wasn't that worth the wait? <laughs> and in our world, time flew by. Yeah. And I mean, it's almost like it was just a second ago that you were mentioning. I don't know. Well, it's the time travel. That's what does it to you. All right, let's get into the top five. Mr. Geiger, what is your number five pick? Okay, so now we're getting to the the meat of our picks, and the time frames are pretty similar in a lot of these. So for number five, I have Predator. I knew there was no way that that was not going to be in your top ten. It is so bad that it's good, so good that it's bad. A little bit of everything. It's got Arnold in it. It's got a creature that kind of, I think, spawned a world that needs to be really kind of delved into deeper. Well, in the movies, anyway, it's it's actually delved into pretty deeply in the comics. Yeah, so that we're we're not seeing the best of what this character, this creature, could actually be. But the fact that this movie is it's it's basically practical effects. Mm-hmm. You get a little bit of the of the made up stuff here and there, but it's basically just practical effects, and it looks good. It sounds good. It's got that suspense to it as well. Right. It's cheesy. It's got all that you you can go through. There's a bunch of one-liners. There's a bunch of just cheesy one-off scenes. There's the bicep uh, handshake. The bicep hand handshake. <laughs> um, he throws the knife. Stick around. You know. It just <laughs> everything about this movie is so good and you can find this movie nowadays you can purchase it and own it forever for like five bucks in, right. in the best version that you could ever possibly buy of it um shane black was one of the actors in this movie he directs a lot of things nowadays he he did iron man 3 right uh he did the newest of the predator movies uh, which we did a review on uh, <laughs> a while ago yeah but the cast is fun in this. There, there's actually some really, like a lot of the the character, the cast have done 
a lot of things throughout Hollywood, too. So the fact that this movie, like, if you haven't seen this movie or you don't like Arnold, I guess I get that, you know. Uh, but this movie is just too cool to, to miss out on. Well, yeah. I mean, it, there there are certain certain actors in this group that you just, in this time frame, you saw a ton of stuff. Now, Carl Weathers, he's just the man. I mean, anything that he's in, he's just wonderful. But uh, Bill Duke, if you needed a heavy in uh, in a film, that was the dude that you went to and because he can play that tough guy role and just does such an excellent job with it. Uh, bringing in uh, an ex-wrestler in Jesse Ventura before the governing days. <laughs> I ain't got time to bleed. <laughs> it's just all... They had a good cast, and the neat thing about this is the plot is essentially non-existent. It doesn't need to be there. That they here's your starting situation, survive, and it's enough. It carries the film from the the beginning to the end, and it's just so much fun. Well, it's almost it's almost a twist because like if you go into this and like you've never seen a preview for it, you've never heard anything about it, you know nothing about this movie, and you watch it, and it's called The Predator. Like, oh well, maybe it's just these guys. They're gonna go kill other bad guys, and that's gonna be how this movie's gonna play out. And it just takes a turn. It just takes this weird sci-fi turn into the movie. And just like, okay, I didn't expect that. And then you're off to the races. It's, I don't know. It's an amazing movie. Yeah. This narrowly missed my top 10. Uh, just, it's it's so good. But uh, I knew you'd talk about it. So I wasn't too worried. <laughs> All right. So the next up for me, Guardians of the Galaxy. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Number four for Richard. <laughs> okay, so we're continuing the tradition here. So this one should be obvious. I have chosen RoboCop for number four. Right, right. Um, another one of those movies that in many respects is so bad that it's good. Yeah. So good that it's bad. Lots of practical effects. There are definitely some special effects. Some special effects that don't age well. Oh, yeah. For sure, without a doubt. But it is one of those things that has that cheesy soundtrack. It has the over-the-top gore, especially if you get the full scene of where RoboCop, well, the... Murphy, I guess I should say, at the time. Just gets uh, annihilated. gets, Gets annihilated. Like I said, over the top, and then the the language and like the, it's it's just one of those hard R movies from the time period that in today's world might not get an R. It might no. it might go beyond an R rating. But if you if you look first of all at the characters and you look at the director too, so this is uh, what Paul Paul Verhoeven, mm-hmm. and if you look at this time frame and all the movies that he has done. He was on a hot streak yeah. doing movies. Just everything he touched was gold. And nowadays you see a lot of these a lot of these actors in movies, and you might not recognize them from when they were in their heyday here, for sure. Right. Um we got Ronnie Cox, who yeah. actually shows up in Star Trek world. Um, yes, he does. But as an admiral. As an yes, as an admiral. Um, the one thing so Kurtwood Smith is excellent excellent in this movie 
And I feel like so that's many, red. That's red. Exactly. <sighs> so you don't like everybody maybe knows him from that 70s show, but he was like an amazing, just nasty bad guy in this movie. So right. uh, if you haven't seen this movie, why not? Um, and it's another one of those things like it's readily available. You can buy it for five bucks and have like the best version of the movie and it'll right. forever. And you know, the best part of the film is the fake commercials in the film are just mm. so good. <laughs> so bad and so good at the same time, man. Uh, oh, how can we forget Ray Wise being in this? I mean, dude, another one is just kind of a, a legend. Looking good, feeling good. Yeah, <laughs> man. That, yeah, this one was another one that narrowly missed my top ten. But again, I, I was fairly confident that it might be covered anyway. Um, so I didn't feel too bad. So I, I, I think I am now going to take Richard's role, I think. I, I have a funny feeling I'm going to choose one that is in his top three. We'll see if I'm right. My number four um, has to do with some really nasty uh, aliens. <laughs> oh, yes? <laughs> well, they, they seem to like to, uh, to reproduce in a very strange way that results in some severe indigestion for whoever has to have, be the one carrying it. Um, the second in the series of the alien movies um, – yeah, I mean, the first one was just fantastic, to be sure. But the changes that they made in the second film was enough to just blow me away. I I love that film. Again, talking about Bill Paxton being in it. And uh, Sigourney Weaver is just fantastic in, in most things. And just another great cast and another really fun story that doesn't require much. Overconfident good guys. Strong bad guy, try to survive. I mean, it was just great. There's so many things to love about this movie. And I want to I want to go back one step further to the original Alien movie. And I was even debating. But for sure, for me, the better movie, my, my favorite, one of my favorites of movies of all time is Aliens, plural, the one we're speaking about here. The original Alien movie was a completely different movie. Oh, yeah. Just completely different movie. And this one ignored that original concept, except for the creature, of course, right. and just expanded like, well, okay, what was the best part of that first movie? There was suspense, there was a strong female lead, and there was that creature. Okay, so let's let's focus around those things. And this is just like the like the marine staging and like the the setup and like you're right, it's these these characters that are just like rough and tough and I do whatever I want and it doesn't work out and then it gets worse. And then you have the, and I mentioned it in one of our most recent reviews, like when we were reviewing army of the dead, like, Oh, this is just like aliens. We've got to go back and do the rescue. <laughs> and you're like, Oh no, she's, is she going to be alive? Well, of course she is. Like we know that there are certain points of this movie that are, that are just like, Okay, but if that movie is that good that you can overlook those things right. and, and think it's one of the, like, then you know the movie is good. And once again, this is a movie, this is not something that's done special effects and blah, blah, blah over the edge. Like, no, no, no. Like, this is a lot of still practical effects in this movie. That's and it's great. Designs by uh, Geiger, too. I mean, his artwork. Uh, I would think that you would resonate with that just because of the name, but 
Spelled differently. Spelled differently. But, uh, yeah, it's just so fantastic. So many quotable lines. Nuke him for morbid, man. <laughs> <laughs> the, like, the, the little, it's it's the rapport, right? So the rapport that the, that the troop, that they, the space marines have with each other. And then Bill Paxton just delivers, yeah, right? Because he he's he's not, he's the comedic relief, but not. Right. It's just it it's his character. He's awesome in this. And I think one of the other one of the other things that we talk about about people being hot is Michael Bean. Right. He was I mean, he, he was hot. Yeah. In this time frame, he was making everything and everything was making money. Yeah. And uh you know, this was the one of the comedic high points for Paul Reiser to come in and be kind of the the slimy corporate type uh, uh, going against uh, going against his normal thing that he would do. Um, yeah, I mean this this whole thing is just it just worked extremely well, and uh, I, I I love this film. Anytime it comes on, I'll watch it, especially if it's uh, towards the end. <laughs> Get into that fight with the mo- uh, with the mother alien. Yeah, okay. Uh, you got me. I'm I'm gonna be sitting for a while. Sold. All right. We're, we're I was thinking we'd do our shout outs at the number two spot, but considering our overlap and the way that it go, we'll we'll do it right before the number one. So what's your number two movie on your list? Well we're number three. What's your number three movie <laughs> on your list? <laughs> uh Star Trek first contract. Oh first okay. Contract. That works pretty well. And on to you. And on to me. All right, well, maybe I'll uh, throw you for a loop with my number three. Um, we've talked about a lot of films with a lot of CGI and uh, a lot of films that are more practical effects, but generally speaking, you're dealing with people. Pe- people and prosthetics, sure, but people. I'm going to go to an animated film. Uh, and from a company that really is not known for their sci-fi stuff. I'm going to go with Wally e at number three. On my honorable mentions list. <laughs> that that film, for for a film that does not focus on um, a lot of conversation, um, that's that's about landscape and interaction and and ambiance and uh, cause and effect. And it's just so good. The color palette is great. The, the characterization that you get just from the movements of the robots. And it, it's, I, I sometimes I just don't have words for how good that is. And it, it, I've mentioned before my snobbery in terms of watching this movie. If you can watch it in 4K and you can watch it with headphones on, it's, it's the sound of silence for the first half of the movie. Right. You're just watching animation that is great. You're seeing little interactions. You're seeing the environment. And that's about it. There's no other, there's nothing, nothing else. There's a cockroach, I guess. But there's, yeah, no dialogue. And then even when you get later on, the dialogue really isn't, it's there. Right. But it's it's a unique, unique piece of animation. And the funny thing is, we're back to Sigourney Weaver again because she does the voice of the uh, ship. 
So it's just kind of, and of course, it, because it's animated in the studio that it comes from, you're going to have John Ratzenberger in it at, at some point because mm-hmm. uh, he is the good luck charm. And the recently passed Fred Willard, uh, did it, it was Fred Willard, wasn't it? Yeah, he was. Uh, he was the only live action thing that you got in this movie. Yeah, uh, I I still I still miss uh, I still miss that dude. He he was so funny in everything, and it's just yeah. There's there's no no two ways about it. This this film is hard to describe if you haven't seen it. If you haven't seen it, what are you waiting for? Especially with your kiddos. And you can catch it on Disney Plus. And it's actually it's actually on a lot of other streaming services too. So. Right. Right. Yeah, it's it's worth a watch for sure. All right. Now we really are on to number two. Aliens. <laughs> yes. I have had my revenge. <laughs> Well, it's all right because my number two is Matrix. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, let's go to our honorable mentions then. Uh, so we've got uh, we've got a lot of movies that fall into the science fiction side of things, and you know you only have so many spots, but there's so many we love. So who would you like to give a shout out to as almost having made it? Okay, so I've got a lot of movies on this honorable mentions list, but I will start with what would easily be my number 11, if not somewhere in the top 10, had I just thought a little bit deeper about it. But for sure, Starship Troopers holds a place in my heart. I love that movie. It is meant to be serious, but not. Meant to be funny, but not. Uh, Meant to be a presentation with gore and guts and the, like that hardcore alien thing but it's over the top and it's just it's one it is a very 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 good movie and why it's not in my top 10 list is i i don't know it should be um so i that's my highest it's by 10.1 basically yeah another paul verhoeven movie um he was making just killer ones at the time yeah um a little nph in that one too yes it I don't know. That should have been in my top ten. Anyway, so I'll just shout out a couple. And so uh, a movie people uh, love, well, they love to hate this movie, I guess, which is Avatar, just because of the scope that it was and where it was. It's not uh, one of my favorite movies. It's not one of my favorite movies. But when it came out, it was something that was kind of one of those larger-than-life type things. So I have to give it some appreciation from that aspect. I don't. That's okay. Wally. Was on my list. Uh, the original Ghostbusters. Right. That was on my to-do to talk about. A very underrated movie at the time that has gained a lot more momentum now is Edge of Tomorrow. It's a very good movie. Um, if you if you want to hate the actors and actresses that are in it, which I feel like Tom Cruise gets a lot of that. He gets a bit of heat. But every movie that he does, honestly, turns out to be... At least okay. At least, yeah. This one's a very good sci-fi movie worth a watch. Um, The 1980s animated Transformers movie. Transformers a movie. Um, And then there's a movie. So we mentioned uh, Brian James earlier. Right. He's in a movie that I guarantee you most of our listeners have never heard of, have never seen. But when it was on VHS, I probably rented the thing... 
easily 10 different times because it was one of my favorite, favorite movies. And it's called Nemesis. Oh, that was a good one. So if you've not heard of it, look it up. It's very cheesy. Very, how do you, like... The, the actor that's in it, Oliver Gruner, is actually a pretty good martial artist. Maybe mm-hmm. act, actor, uh, I don't know. But, like, he does good stuff, but it's always kind of that mid-tier. It's not like right. a flagship thing. Uh, Nemesis is definitely worth an hour and a half of your time. Now, don't get confused and watch Star Trek Nemesis. That is less worth <laughs> Less <laughs> your worth, time. correct. <laughs> but just, yeah, look for Nemesis. He even has a, a sequel, too. But uh, Brian James is in the original Nemesis, so look for him. That's the movie you want to see. Well, I I had a few of the ones that you mentioned. Uh, there's a few others that I really liked uh, or that I felt were important. You know, I mentioned earlier that uh, if you don't have a Star Trek or Star Wars, how could it be a top ten sci-fi? Well, you noticed I've gone through nine, and there's been no Star Wars. Here's a hint. Number one is not Star Wars either. But I, you have to mention episode four because it was kind of revolutionary at the time and what it did was great uh it may not be one of my favorite movies but it definitely deserves a place of honor um uh flight of the navigator when i was a kid that was such a fun uh sci-fi kids movie it had a lot of little little cheesy bits to it that i just adored uh, along with the movie explorers i've talked about that one many times where a bunch of kids turn a tilt-a-whirl into a spaceship where else are you going to see something like that? And it's got just such a great cast, including a young River Phoenix. Um, it's just, just, you know, Starship Troopers we talked about. Independence Day I had on my list is worth mentioning. Uh, Dark City I've already talked about. Uh, Ghostbusters. Pandorum, kind of a gem that not everyone has seen. If you like kind of a thriller uh, set in space uh, and with a little bit of mental angst and psychosis, that is a great film. Um, Back to the Future. Can't not mention Back to the Future. Uh, Men in Black. Uh, another comic book thing that people forget has a strong sci-fi element to it. Uh, just just a great film series. Yeah, I saw a lot of a lot of mentions when you talk about sci-fi movies of Back to the Future. And I don't have a dislike for Back to the Future one single little bit at all. It just never hit it as a top 10 for me. Right. But I enjoy watching it for sure. Yeah. All right. Your number one film, your favorite of favorites is? I'll go with the OG Star Wars. I wondered if that would hit your number one. Now, there's a lot of elements of things in other movies that are way better and fit my style more so. I like seeing, you know, the action movies with all the -the over-the-top violence and the stuff that puts it in an R category. And I like the bad language, and I like the desperate situations. But I think there's something about this movie. And it's not like I saw it when I was... when it came out. It wasn't possible. Uh, But the fact that... It's something that when you were younger, and if it's one of the first things that you see, and it resonates with you as a kid who you don't know if you like sci-fi things, or you don't know if you like um, different types of action, or what you like, but you see this movie, and something just clicks. I think that's what happened with me, 
And although some of the other movies may be viewed as better movies, Empire Strikes Back is generally the most most reviewed in terms of quality of the of the original three and return of the jedi as your typical 80s kind of like bad things but then the good guys come out on the end and everybody's all happy and whatnot and there's talking bears and there's talking bears snuggly ones too but the original one i think in the fact that everything had to be a practical effect and the way that they had to make things to scale and the way they had to design sets around it. And it was something that maybe not a lot of people believed in while it was being made, except for the people making it, that it turned into something that is way bigger now than I think what anybody ever thought it would be. That in itself puts the film on the number one spot for me. Makes sense. I mean, there's there's a certain amount of style and it's a word thing to say, but calm. It's just kind of a almost a soothing film in some respects. Um, at least I always felt that way. Um, and there's a lot of style to it, and it it influenced what came after so heavily. And it had Harrison Ford just breaking out into this. I mean, yes, the, the character was a fun character as it was written, but I don't know if it would have been as over if it wasn't done by Harrison Ford. And just all the pieces just kind of clicked into place. And it helps you forget about things like the lightsaber fights were awful. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Chore- choreography at its Worst level, <laughs> by far. But when you're five and you see that, and you're like, wow. Laser sword. Laser sword. <laughs> and, and I think, you know, what you see later on when you saw the prequels, you're like, okay, this is where it could be. Yeah. But then the prequels were just kind of, eh, they, eh. they improved the choreography and then said, plot, nah. You get out of here. <laughs> and then there was the three sequels, which... Yeah, we've talked about those. Money grab on their own. I think some of the other ones, the offshoots of the Star Wars world, have so far been the best ones. But that all revolved around a world that was created originally with this one movie and was perceived well enough that it spawned all the rest of the movies and the world and the atmosphere and the the billions of dollars. And the toys. Yeah, yeah. Definitely so. All right. Well, this may be, may be anticlimactic and a little out of left field, a, a hard left turn. But that's kind of why I put it at my number one, because that is what this film is. Uh, and it's definitely science fiction, even though that's more the basis of where it's put and not the focus of what it is. But those are the things I like, the things that make me think. I'm going to go with, at number one, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Uh, well, Jim Carrey action. Right. And that that film is, I mean, so the premise is very science fiction. Being able to erase memories. So you have something awful happen. Well, let's take all those awful things and get rid of them. And then your life will be better. But what does that mean? Aren't we just a combination of our experiences, learning from our mistakes, and a variety of other things? It's It's so good. And that kind of realization of of 
when you're making a mistake as you're making it and the way that they render it and the cast is just so phenomenal. I mean, we, we talk about Jim Carrey quite a bit because, I mean, he was a big part of our, our movie-going experiences. Uh, he was hot at that, at that 90s range. I mean, he couldn't, he couldn't not make something uh, that was really good. But this is not his, um, not his comedic side. He has My favorite films he does are not the comedies. I mean, when he chooses to do something a little more serious, even if it has comedic elements, which it always will with him in it, it just, it works so much better. And, I mean, Kate Winslet is fantastic in it. Uh, it has uh, Richard's favorite actor, Elijah Wood, in it. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, Mark Ruffalo has a fun part. I mean, just, and David Cross. I mean, just great cast, complex storytelling, and just the way that the cinematography is done is so clever and so crisp. It's just amazing. So when my favorite movie came out, he had Jim Carrey had a huge contract for that. And it was the big, it wasn't, I want to say it was like a $20 million contract for that particular movie. And that was the thing that kind of changed the the landscape on the industry that someone could get such a gigantic contract for that type of movie. And that movie didn't really make any money at the box office. It, it did. It had a better life after the box office. But he was the man. Like, yeah. he was the box office draw. He was the one that did those types of movies to get butts in seats. And this is not that type of movie. But no. it's got, once again that that bigger life afterwards this was a popular movie i think like it was well reviewed when it came out but it's it's kind of it's kind of gotten that cult following beyond its release it was based on a on a book so i mean the book already had uh, a bit of a following to to begin with and i'm sure i'm understating that i've had people criticize my understatement but you know that's really just an acknowledgement that things occurred uh so just so you know, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I, I really love this film and, uh, it's one of those things that it may not always be something that's going to make you feel better about your life, but it can definitely provoke some really interesting conversation. And that's just, that's, that's something I always love and, and make you, make you consider the nature of reality. So... How do you think we did, Richard? Do we? Do you think we got a lot of the ones that our listeners would uh, have also chosen? I think so. Our list, our list was pretty straightforward, with a few curveballs, you know, including our honorable mentions. Had some ones in there, you know. So, it, it, if you go and look at lists of top 10, 30, 100, whatever, there's a lot of a lot of movies that are, I feel like, similar across the board. Definitely, and a lot of those lists that are generated by people that are quote smarter than us have movies in there that are great movies, but aren't aren't anywhere near our list at all. So I feel like if people are listening to this, they're like, what about this movie? What about the abyss? You know, like what about some of these other ones? Like those are great movies. They're just not for us. Yeah. And it's, it's not even necessarily that we don't like them, but they're not the ones that resonate. But what we would really love to know is what resonates with you. Don't forget. We told you about how to contact us. Uh, or at least how to monitor 
what the pudding guys are doing at any given time earlier in the show. Reach out. Let us know what's your top 10 favorite sci-fi films or even just a couple of the different films you love. We'd love to hear it. 